Season 3, Episode 7, Let It Go. So, I'm a big sci-fi fan. Like, my, like, the movies that I like, I loved The Avengers. I think I, at one point, talked to you guys about how <clears throat> during COVID, and it was right before I got diagnosed, but we finished it after I got diagnosed and I was in treatment, my older son and I started the Avengers series. And we looked up, we looked at the order we're supposed to watch it in, not necessarily the order it was released. It was the order that we were supposed to watch it in. Um because the story kind of jumps around a little bit. So it was, I think at the time, like 27 movies or something ridiculous. Loved them all. Can't say there was one I didn't like. Um, got some favorite characters out of it, whatnot. So was a big fan of that one. Um, big fan of Harry Potter. I read, I remember I had, Jake was a newborn that would put Adam at almost two years old. And I remember when they delivered the seventh Harry Potter book. It was over a thousand pages. I read it in three days. Yes, I probably neglected my children. Newborn just eats, sleeps, poops. You know, just had to tend to that. I was up. I could not put the book down. Now, the toddler, yes, that was bad parenting. But I just, I get sucked into books. I have. And I I just loved the whimsical and just in awe of someone's imagination that could produce something like that. Well. Along with that, one of the ones that really stuck with me, and I will say, I'm sorry to my English and reading teachers, I never read The Lord of the Rings. I never read The Hobbit, or if I did, I don't remember it, or I probably just got the cliff notes and did that. But um, I never, but I watched the movies, and I've watched them multiple times. I mean, it doesn't hurt that Viggo Morrison is one of the lead characters. He's very easy on the eyes. Um, But the storyline is fantastic. I loved Bilbo Baggins. I loved all the hobbits that were involved in it. And, you know, how the least suspecting hero saves the day. And I'm sorry, spoiler alert, I should say that. Um, Frodo. But one of the characters throughout these books if you have not read it, is Gollum. And the whole name of the book is, is, the whole series is The Lord of the Rings. And this ring has magical powers. And the storyline, the one common storyline through all this is this ring and the powers it possess and how if you have this ring, it possesses you. I mean, you can become invisible with this ring. And Gollum is obsessed with this ring. And to the point that he gets shriveled and almost into, he looks like a lizard figure for lack, I mean, He almost looks scaly. His eyes are really big if you've never seen it. And he he is obsessed and clings to this ring. He calls it my precious. And he like pets it and he can put it on and take it off. Like, and he, 
it possesses him to the point of like he almost turns demonic at some at different points throughout the story. And he just clings to the ring and eventually it ends up destroying him. And like different characters throughout the movie end up having this ring and they get possessed and they turn into something completely different than who they truly are. And, you know, at the end, again, a spoiler alert, Gollum does end up with the ring, but he ends up melting in a lava pit along with the ring at Mordor because that's the only place you could destroy it because that's where it was built and that's where the ring was made and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's the rest of the story. But because of his obsession and how he would cling to the ring, it ended up destroying him. And another character in it um, was Frodo. And Frodo had friends. Sam was one of his, was his best friend. And they were all hobbits. And they lived in their village. And I just, I love, and they all have big hairy feet. And it makes me laugh. But anyway, because my feet are too big for my body, which makes me laugh even harder. Because I'm five foot tall. Here's a little offshoot for you. I'm five feet tall. Actually, I'm five and three quarters of an inch. Um, but I'm shrinking. So I'm probably five and a half an inch at this point. And I wear um, a nine running shoe. I wear an eight or a seven and a half, eight when it comes to, um, when it comes to like my dress shoes or regular shoes, but you know, my running shoes are nines. That is not proportional to my height. Um, and I think I've said this one. I remember Dolly Parton. I'm again on a tangent. Um, Dolly Parton and still Magnolia says, they asked her what her size shoe is. She, she goes, well, I'm a six, but a seven feels so good. I buy an eight. So that's kind of me, you know, I'm a seven and a half, but an eight feels so good. I buy a nine. So anyway, um, back to where this comes from is at one point, Frodo was in possession of the ring and he turned into something that he was not. But the difference between Frodo and Gollum was that Frodo had friends. He had support. And it's so funny because the hobbits in the story are very passive. You know, you have these warriors throughout there. You have, you know, these, I mean, yeah, just warriors, warriors that are trying to, you know, create, you know, get the good back in the world. But you have these hobbits, the most unsuspecting creatures that are just live their peaceful life but they support each other and they love each other and they go on adventures together. And that's what happened is at one point, Frodo, who's one of the good guys, ends up with this ring. And his best friend, Sam, sees how the ring is possessing him. And he actually fights him to protect his friend. Gollum, unfortunately, in the story, does not have a friend like that. And to help guide him when he's gone astray because he is so obsessed with this ring and he so clings to this ring. And why I'm going into this whole storyline of fictional books, there just was this common theme. And it was like when we cling to something, it's good when we cling to good things. It's good when we cling to Christ. 
It's good when we cling to our faith. It is not so good when we're clinging to our struggles and allowing our struggles to rule our lives. So I found this statement a year ago and I wrote it down. It's just one that really, really spoke to me or it made me, you know, it made me sit and think. And I love things that make me sit and think and process and be like, hmm, how do I feel about this? And really, how does this work in my life? And the the statement I came across said, you know, and this was when I, because I was reading a lot of cancer things at the time, I still do, because I want to stay up on the best way I can heal my body. And said, when we cling to cancer, we can't destroy the cancer without destroying everything holding on to it. Let me read that with a fill in the blank in there. When I cling to blank, I can't destroy the blank without destroying everything holding on to it. You know, that's why chemo is so gnarly and radiation because you can't destroy the cancer cells without destroying some of the healthy cells. They can do their best. Like, I mean, they did full mapping on my brain. Like they did full mapping of where my tumor was located and they wanted to see, you know, what was the least invasive they could do, but still be aggressive enough to take care of my cancer and to send it on its way. But in the process, you destroy healthy cells. And that's something they're working on. They're working on being able to pinpoint these, only take out those cancer cells, leave the healthy cells there. But sometimes I find myself now, and I'm 21 months in, still clinging to the cancer because the sentence was said to me, it's uncurable. You'll never be in remission. I find myself clinging to it. And that's not how we're supposed to live. And I, you know, think about what you're clinging to that is negative in your life. Are you clinging to fear? Does everything scare you? Are you worried all the time? Are, do you, are you clinging to an addiction that you don't feel like you can function without alcohol, without marijuana, without drugs? Are you clinging to anxiety? Those worries keep creeping in, but what if this happens? Are you clinging to the what ifs? Are you clinging to loneliness? Are people reaching out to you and you're going, mm, I'm good. I'm just going to stay home. People reaching out, people inviting you to go places and you don't go. Are you clinging to anger? There's a lot going on in this world that you could be very easily be anger about, angry about. A lot of hypocrisy. A lot of conflict that can make you angry. Are you clinging to that? Are you letting the anger rule your life? Are you clinging to your self-worth? Your self-esteem? Are you looking in the mirror and going, I don't like who I see? Is that what you're clinging to? 
Are you clinging to your looks? Are you clinging to your vanity? Because you can't destroy those challenges or those struggles while you're still holding on to them. And I am so guilty of this. I just had an MRI a week ago. A week ago, I had an MRI. And it's like my 25th MRI, and still I get the anxiety, the scanxiety. I wish I didn't, and I'm working real hard every single time not to do that, not to let me go down that path where, where I'm snapping at my kids or I can't hold a clear thought because I'm so focused on what if, what if it's back? We got to let it go. We really have to let it go. And I'm not going to start singing the song from Frozen. Don't worry. I promise. I won't do that to you. But I do have a funny because I'm getting serious and I have a really funny movie that just popped in my head and it's Dumb and Dumber might be my most favorite movie or I guess favorite, most favorite, favorite movie of all time. Um, I mean, there's lots of really good movies out there, but that one without fail, I laugh every single time, even though I can quote it pretty much from start to finish. It's silly slapstick. The dialogue is, is, I mean, inappropriate at times. It just, it is a hilarious movie. And and it is, and it may not be your sense of humor, and that's totally fine. I have a very wacky sense of humor, but there's a point in the movie when they end up with a moped, him, Lloyd, and Harry. And Lloyd and Harry end up with a moped, which they traded for, and I can't even go to the whole story because I could spend the rest of this podcast talking about it. And... They are freezing. They're on a moped going to Aspen, Colorado. And Lloyd is driving. Harry is riding in the back, holding on to Lloyd as they're putting up this mountain to try to get to Aspen. And it's freezing out. And they have a problem because Harry's got to go to the bathroom. Or one of them does. I can't remember which. I'm sorry if it's not accurate, but one of them's got to the bathroom. It's the one riding in the back and they're so cold. And he just goes, just let it go. And he does, he lets it go. And the guy driving goes, Oh, that feels nice because they're so cold. And he obviously lets it go and he gets warm. And, but they both, because they finally, one of them finally let it go. They both ended up in a very comfortable spot for a little bit, which sounds horrible and is completely off topic. And it just makes me laugh, though, because it's a hilarious story in that that term, let it go, always makes me think of that scene. But and it also makes me think of Frozen. But more importantly, and back to what I'm talking about is letting it go. You've got to let things go because you can't heal from it while you're clinging on to it with two hands. And sometimes I do. I find myself clinging on to that cancer struggle, even though my MRIs are clear, even though I am back up to my normal weight, even though I'm stronger than I've ever been physically. 
I still battle that clinging to the cancer and the fear. And so many of that list that I listed is fear. It's fear-induced. Fear and faith cannot exist at the same time. Don't cling to the things that destroy you and eat at you. God's got it. And I know I say that just about every single podcast, but God has this. It will encompass you. Cancer encompassed me and I had to fight really hard throughout it. And I still fight every single day to not allow that to encompass me. And I sit there and I, I mean, I'll say Satan, not today. You're not going to go, oh, but you have cancer. Yes, I know. I know I had cancer. And I'm so grateful that my cancer journey is going the way it is. It easily could have gone a different direction. God could have had other plans and that is up to him. But I will try to walk this life the best I can because I feel like I've been given a gift in more time. So I just really encourage you to, instead of clinging to the negativity that's out there, clinging to the worries, clinging to the fears, cling to God, cling to Jesus, cling to those, cling to scripture. Those things can't be destroyed. When you're clinging to the positive, those things can't be destroyed. When you're clinging to the negative, the pos- some of the good stuff goes with the bad. But if you're clinging to the positive, it cannot be destroyed. Satan wants to lead you to believe that you need to wallow in the fear. God promises there's nothing to fear. 365 times in the scripture. Do not be afraid. So I would just encourage you, let go of what is causing you stress. Let go of what's causing you anxiety. Cling to Jesus instead. Make that choice. Let go that death grip. Sometimes we have a death grip on it. I do. I do because we're told we have to worry. The society tells us, the human, your spirit knows there's nothing to worry about. And let your spirit shine. Because that's the Holy Spirit working through you when you can let go of that fear. Thank you for listening. I'm Sarah Vioso, and I'll see you at the next episode of Surviving Fear. Mm -hmm.